Hey, Kev, let's let's follow this trail over here. This looks like there might be something waiting down there. All right. Hey, wait a minute. Do you hear that? Yeah, I thought it was just me. What the heck is that? I don't know what that is. Whoa, do you smell that, too? That's unbelievable. Hey, look. What the? Hey, look, those, those branches are moving over there. What the heck is that? Holy cow, is that what I think it is? Look at that thing. Oh my god. It's a freaking Sasquatch. Welcome to the Bigfoot Terra in the Woods Sightings and Encounters podcast. I'm your host, W.J. Sheehan. Hello, everybody, and thank you once again for taking some time out of your busy day to chime in with my brother and myself. For those of you who don't know me, my name is W.J. Sheehan, and I've authored a series of books entitled Bigfoot, Terror in the Woods, Sightings and Encounters, which I'd be glad if you partook of, available on Amazon in paperback and ebook. And you can also acquire the Audible uh, portion of what I've done at Audible, Amazon, and iTunes. So please partake of them. And you'll make this man very happy. And uh, as is generally not the case, I do, in fact, once again know today what my brother is going to be talking about. And you're soon to find out as I introduce him. But, Kev, as I welcome you into the podcast today, Kev, you out there? I am. Great. And uh, I want to ask you a question uh, before we discuss and before the listeners have a chance to uh, uh, take a peek at what we'll be talking about, out of these four videos, how many of them do you think are legit and how many do you think are not? Well, so I actually think all four are legit. Okay. And yeah. uh, I'll give you my answer. I think one of them is absolute rubbish. Okay. And the other three, two, I'm, I'm set on that they are legitimate. Uh, and one is speculative. Let me put it that way. All right. So it's cool that, you know, this is how opinions differ, right? We look at things. Absolutely. And- now you got me curious. <laughs> well, that's, it's open for discussion, and uh, that we will. Yeah, yeah, because I'm I'm usually the big skeptic, <laughs> so it's interesting. Well, you know, I kind of take the side of defense that uh, I go with my gut. You know, it's like if something just rings true to me, uh, that's it, you know, and then uh, I look a little closer, and I don't want to be too skeptical because after all, this is the problem we're up against, right? We we want evidence. We're given evidence. Some of it good. Some of it bogus. Uh, but we kind of have to accept some of it, don't we? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think what makes it ten times worse, and I've said it before, is that you have the hoaxers out there too. Sure. So you know, it's one thing if you see something that is some other kind of animal or you know blurry footage of a bear or whatever, but it's honest, you know. Honest footage and honest curiosity make someone think it's a hairy man, but it's another one, you know, somebody dresses up in a suit, right? Right, right, right. So, uh, interesting. 
So let's have at it. I know you got some really cool stuff for us to uh, partake of here. Cool, yeah. So just like our last podcast, I did, in fact, tell Bill, or at least he thinks I told him, uh, which videos I'm going to go through. <laughs> um, and I wanted to do that because I know he's seen some of them before, for sure. Um, but I wanted to be able to have a good discussion about them. And it seems like it's working with the question you're asking, Bill, at the start. Yeah. So the first one we're going to talk about is titled Possible Sasquatch Sighting Outside of Squamish, British Columbia. So it's up in Canada, Western Canada. And uh, this one uh, was was posted on April 25th, 2014. So mm-hmm. a while back, but pretty interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So is this the one you think is bogus? Uh, this is the one on the uh, snowfield, correct? Yes, correct. So my opinion, having looked at it uh, a number of times, first of all, there's no argument that the figure uh in the film is so small that even though it's at great distance and what would you expect? Right. uh, It's difficult to make a call just based on that. No, but it is walking upright. You can tell that as far away that it is. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah. So Uh, it's not not like a grizzly walking along. No, and the other thing, uh, too, uh, having viewed it... uh, I'm I'm trying to get a bearing as I'm looking at it as to what type of real estate this thing is covering. Yeah, and I think that's uh, – so let's jump into it. But that may be what puts me over the edge, having been out there to this uh part of the uh, the mountains. So so this is uh, Squamish, British Columbia, is a little town that's north of Vancouver, British Columbia – um, and it's it's uh, on the way up to a little town called Whistler, which any of you skiers out there uh, will know Whistler Black Comb as one of the best ski resorts uh, in the world, I would say. But mm-hmm. very rugged mountains, uh, great skiing, great snow, as you see in this uh, footage. And uh, the mountains up there, you know, I looked up Whistler just to check what range it's in. It's in what's called the Fitzsimmons Range, uh, the Pacific Range uh, of the mountains there in Western Canada. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's all of this where the filming t- it takes place in the little town of Whistler is very close to a big national park up there called Garibaldi Provincial Park in Western Canada. Yeah, real uh, rugged real estate. Yeah, yeah. And this this clip, uh, I'll post it on our website, and it's up on YouTube, Well, but I'll put it up on BigfootTerryInTheWoods.com under this episode. It's only about 2 minutes and 43 seconds. It's filmed in the daytime. Um, it's very high-quality footage, like high-quality camera, but the creature is very far away. Um, so, you know, basically these guys are up on a ridge line. It's in the springtime out there, it appears, because they have short sleeve shirts on. But there's snow, a lot of snow around, but nice sunny blue skies, middle of the day. And they appear to be about 7,000, 8,000 feet high above this valley. And uh, they do a good job of zooming in as much as the camera will do on this creature. And it's not shaky or anything like that. You can clearly see there is this dark, 
you know, creature, could be human, I don't think it is, but walking along, walking along on two feet, cruising along through this snowfield in a valley uh, between some harsh, rocky, rocky-like mountains, you know, about seven or 8,000 feet below them. Mm. Um, and they, they're filming them, they're talking about it, um, they're horsing around a little bit, but they are clearly Zan. Like, that looks like a Sasquatch. And they talk a lot about, like, what the heck would any person be doing down there in the absolute middle of nowhere? And they pan around, and it is clearly the middle of nowhere. Right, Bill? I mean, Yeah, yeah there's no doubt. Now, a skeptic would say, well, what is this thing doing in the middle of nowhere? It's one of their compadres dressed in a dark suit who stayed below while they climbed up so they could film this. Sure, that, sure. I mean, that's that's what the skeptic would say, right? It's so far away, you can't really tell looking at it if it's uh, it's like looking at an ant, per se, you know? Right. But I can say, you know, being a guy that does a fair amount of hiking and stuff and uh, skiing and that in, uh, in the mountains, like, there's no way in heck if somebody said to me, like, you go down to the bottom of the valley— you know, seven or eight thousand feet away, and walk along, and we'll videotape you. Forget yeah. it. You know, no way. <laughs> yeah, no. It is. It is kind of odd. Now, yeah. Now, I'd say, just my own guesstimate, looking at this clip, that this black figure has to be uh, three quarters of a mile away from their position uh, in the white snow. What, what do you make of that? Well, I think it's even further, right? I mean, depending on the altitude of the field of that yeah. snowfield in the valley. Yeah. You know, so could be further because, you know, you can see a speck before he zooms in, in the ca- with the camera. But this is no like iPhone camera either. It's a real video camera. They zoom way in. So the other point, Bill, where I don't think it's a person is this this valley kind of runs downward to the right away from camera. And this creature is walking up and to the left, up like another snow path yeah. into these rocky topped mountains. And it, you know, again, the video is only two minutes long. Right. In the two minutes, it covers an amazing amount of ground. Yeah. Now, that's that's what I was trying to grapple with in my own mind watching it. I said, well, it's chosen the hard path. It's going back up a slope. And then I'm trying to wrestle with how much ground did this cover in this short clip? It looked to be hundreds of yards exactly in the course of 90 seconds. Exactly. That's what I thought. I thought it's hundreds of yards up. And, you know, even one of the guys filming it says, that thing is covering a lot of ground. Yeah. And they say, like, why is it going up that way? And where is it going? And then another one of the guys says, it's scampering up a snow line. Yeah. You know, like, how could it be scampering up this snow line? Yeah. It, that See, that's the sell point. Uh, I, I want to think that this, this shot is legitimate. Uh, but... Uh, you know, missing some data points there, it's it's difficult to just take the plunge. But I, I do think that uh, they caught a creature on film there. Yeah, I mean, like, the difference to me is they're up on the top looking down into the middle of nowhere, and this thing is going up 
away from them, kind of to the left, where there clearly is nothing. Yeah. You know, except a rocky peak. Right. Um, and it's cruising like no person could cruise. You know, like in contrast to that, I was sitting outside out in Breckenridge in Colorado right before, like two weeks before this whole COVID-19 thing hit, skiing out there. And I was sitting there one afternoon, and I'm looking up at the ridge after skiing, and like I could see something moving along on the ridge. And I was like, what the heck is that? But it's like clearly a place where people are skiing. Mm-hmm. You know, and then sure enough, I saw someone else, you know, so it's kind of like like I could have filmed that and said, oh, look, there's a Sasquatch. But it's not a Sasquatch. It's a place where there are people. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's not doing anything that appears to be superhuman. You know, it's right. just like walking along on the ridge, you know. Right. right. And like with so many ski locations around uh, this area. Uh, you know, it, for somebody to be walking around with a set of skis or something, it's just it's stupid. Yeah. You know, yeah, they, they could go anywhere they want over there. And like you said, there's some of the best, if not best skiing in the world right near there. Yeah. Uh, you know, why would you be out there? And I don't see anything indicating this this uh, creature was carrying anything. It's difficult, but I don't see any indication. No, I don't see it, it either. But I, I thought it was super cool. I hadn't seen this one before either. Yeah. Yeah. And again, thanks thanks to them for uh, uh, just doing what they did because it's just it's out there now for all to see, you know. No doubt about it. Super awesome. cool footage. Awesome. And of course, you know that area in British Columbia, it's a bit of a hotbed for yeah. Sasquatch as well. So yeah, there's there's uh, there's stuff going on all around that region, you know. So it wouldn't shock me at all that uh, one of these creatures. And, of course, if it is one of these creatures, it really bangs holes uh, in the notion that, you know, uh, they're all migratory, you know, going for the sweet weather or the eats. Because this place up there where that thing was walking was like Siberia. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. it's like when we talk about the Yeti. What is the Yeti doing in this inhospitable place? Uh, but uh, we don't have the answer to that. No. You know, I mean, this thing could have been climbing up the hill to get a better perspective on a goat. Absolutely. Or, or something yeah. that was going to be moving around up there that it knew about, you know. No doubt about it. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's cool. So let's let's shoot for number two. All right. So number two is uh, uh, a lot of folks, a lot of our listeners probably have seen this, and I had seen it before, but yet, like, I had new perspective on it, like watching it on my own. Uh, you know, a hundred times in a row uh, mm-hmm. to get ready for this. And it's it's typically called Mother Bigfoot Carrying a Baby. Um, and uh, you've seen this one before, Bill? Yeah, and I'll tell you right up front, and we'll be talking about it. This is the one I think that is absolute trash. Okay, all right. So, <laughs> and this one, for the listeners, this is a still shot uh, from a game camera. So it's not a video. Um, but I, there is video about it that I'll put on our website. And um, this one occurred back on September 2nd, uh, 2010. And it was covered a couple of years later by the folks at on Animal Planet and, uh, you know, specifically the Finding Bigfoot folks on Animal Planet. Mm-hmm. And basically, the, the gentleman they interview who did the uh, filming with the uh, game camera said that he was pulling into his driveway 
and it's in Vermont, by the way, up in New England. And he sees his apple tree. He has a beautiful apple tree in the fall, and it's covered in apples. And there's like a five-foot diameter hole in the tree with no apples and no leaves. So like something basically eight, uh, you know, a five-foot diameter of everything on that tree. Um, so he's like, I wonder what that is. So he puts up, you know, a trail camera, game camera, whatever you want to call it. And about five or six days later, he reviews the images. And the first image he sees is a coyote standing there kind of facing the camera and it's eating apples that fell on the ground from the tree. So it's kind of cool. And then the very next image is a clearly frightened coyote kind of hightailing it to the right out of the frame. But, you know, it's got its tail down, its back is arched, the fur's up on its back, ears are back, and like it's taken off, like it saw something scary. And then the last image is what looks like it could be uh, a hairy man, a Bigfoot, uh, bent over to, to the left of the frame, you know, perhaps picking up apples. Mm-hmm. Now, the Kev, I have to tell you, I must be looking at or have seen a different video. Ah. Yeah, so I have to apologize to the listeners and to you. Uh, the What I was judging as bogus was actual video footage and had nothing to do with a trail camera uh, or the man in his orchard. So, oh, I ha- okay. I, yeah, I have to say I have not seen this one. No problem. No yep. problem. So... Like, I had seen this before, and I had heard people talk about it, but what I really saw closely this time is this thing is kind of bent over a picture, like, um, uh, from its butt is to the right of the picture frame, its head is to the left, Mm -hmm. and it's crouched down on, like, its right knee and picking up, like, apples with its left arm, right? Okay, yeah, But what's interesting is kind of reaching around its left side— Clear as day is like another hand wow. of a Bigfoot. So the the experts think that it's got a baby like on its chest that's holding on to it. Huh. And I'm telling you, Bill, you know, some of these pictures are blurry and grainy and stuff. This is crystal clear. And you look at it and you're like, that can't be anything else but the hand of another Bigfoot. Yeah, now uh, I'm with the listeners now. I'm going to have to really take a close look at this. Because I was thinking when you said it was crouched over with its right knee down and its left knee up, that the left knee would make a perfect seat for the little baby to kind of rest on while it was hunched down picking up food. It's it's like reaching around. And uh, now you can't see its face, but you clearly see the head. And it's weird, too, like the, the image of the creature has like these white spots on it. You know, it's black and white, of course, so you can't tell what it is. Uh, But I remembered it as soon as I saw it. I was like, I remember seeing it last time, and maybe it was like some kind of critter with the mange or something like that. But last time I looked at it, I didn't see as clearly the hand Mm -hmm. uh, reaching underneath it, like, like a mother would be carrying a baby against its chest. Now, does it look like the mange, or does it look like splotches of just white just splotches of white on it. Can't really tell. Yeah, yeah, interesting. But then they took the guy, you know, I, I don't know if you know this guy, Bobo, from Animal Planet, this big yeah. dude, right? Yep, yep. Uh, the guy that usually has, like, the squatching baseball hat on. And they had him. They put the same camera up on the tree 
this guy who lives up in Vermont, put the camera up where he did a couple of years prior, same one, and they had Bobo kind of crouched down right where uh, this Bigfoot was filmed. And it was pretty easy to do because the Bigfoot's feet were like right at the base of the camera frame. Okay. Or just out of the frame. So it was pretty easy to get close to the focal length. And what was interesting was they're looking at it, like looking at Bobo while he's doing the pose and coaching him on how to do it. And then they take the picture, and he is probably 20% smaller than the creature in the image. Wow. Yeah, and Bobo's a big dude. Yeah, he's a pretty big mug. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, 20% is substantial. You yeah, know. I mean, that's my estimate, but let's say 20% bigger all around. And yeah. like Bobo is like a bear, you know. Yeah, but if you added 20% left, right, up and down and back and forth, that is a substantial, uh, you know, Definitely you go from, could be a Sasquatch Bigfoot. Yeah, you go from 300 pounds to 600 pounds. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Easily an eight-footer. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. I'm going to have to take a peek at this. Yeah, you got to look at that one when we get done here. Yeah. Tell me what you think. But it's just a still shot. You know, it's it's in this video of the, uh, you know, the Bigfoot hunters going back there to talk to him about what he saw Mm -hmm. and this image. So pretty cool. You know, and here you go. Another camera, right? The guy's on the mountain. And now this is a trail cam. Yeah, and like the picture of the coyote is clear as day. Sure. Just like the Bigfoot, uh, just like the picture of, uh, you know, the potential Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now, I mean, uh, I'm not critical of these things. You know, I'm like embracing them like, wow, nice. Yeah. You know, what are you going to do, you know? So, you know, again, uh, uh, the the negative Ned would say, yeah, that's fake and that's fake and that's fake and that's fake. And, you know, come on. It's ridiculous. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Yeah, so I thought it was cool. I'm glad to hear that you, like, I'm disappointed you looked at the wrong video, but I'm glad to hear you were looking at a different one. Oh, Kev, the, vid- <laughs> the video I, I had seen was a mother picking up a small one, supposedly. Ah. And I won't get into all of the details, but there was a couple of shots where the baby itself looked like a stuffed doll getting flopped around in her arms. (laughs) I mean, that was a giveaway right off the bat. There was no interaction of the little one. Yeah. And then in two shots as it was moving away, there was a big crease along behind the shoulders on the back. No no fur or skin creases uh, in that way. You'd have to see it. And then at the base around the buttock, it looked like somebody's leg sticking out of an old uh, Tin Man... Uh, body section, you know, covered in fur. <laughs> it was it was really quite comical. Uh, but uh, you know, and they were they were posting this as being you know legit, you know, baby uh, mother Bigfoot carrying baby, you know. Okay, yeah, this one's totally different. Okay. All right. So the third piece of footage is the shortest, um, but it's also pretty darn interesting. This one's taken at night. It's known as the Brown, uh, as in Stacy Brown Sr. and Stacy Brown Jr., who are uh, fairly well-known Sasquatch hunters. It's known as the Brown Fleur footage. So it's infrared footage. Took place on May 8th, 2012. Um, this one took place uh, just after midnight. They filmed it in the Florida Panhandle near a little town called Quincy. 
So out in the western part of Florida, pretty rural place, you know, outside of the cities there. So pretty, pretty interesting. And you've seen this one, Bill, right? Infrared? I, I have, and there's uh, hands down, hands down, in my opinion, uh, one of the best three to five seconds of footage I've ever seen. Exactly. This one, I think, is wild. So basically, you're looking into the woods. They estimate that it was about 120 feet away. So not that far away. They're looking through uh, one of these uh, scout FLIR devices, you know, like a, a little handheld scope you're looking through. And there is what looks like a Sasquatch behind a tree, and you can see his right arm, his left arm, and he's looking around the tree at the folks that are looking at them, looking at it with the scope. And then probably about 15 seconds after he's looking from right to left around the tree, he he goes to his left into full stride. And you see him take a few full strides clear as day. On the infrared, of course, you know, in the in the dark, but clear as day. This is this big creature, um, and it's got really long arms, you know, short neck if no, if any neck at all, you know, the 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 conical head, and uh, just moving out, uh, getting out of there, and then he disappears into the into the brush. Yeah, and you know, Kev, the silhouette on that creature is flawless. I agree, yeah. I mean, that thing just steps away as only something that was created that way can. Yep. It was perfect. And so cool the way they first saw it. Uh, The body is coming out on both sides of what appears to be a fairly stout tree. That's not a little, that's not a sapling this thing is standing. No, no, big tree, yeah. Yeah, and the body is hanging out left and right. You see it on the FLIR. And then, like you said, it decides, well, they're a little too close. Time for me to go. Yep. And just bolts. And I mean, quickly. That took one or two really big strides. Yep. uh, With full leg extension coming out the back and the arms swinging. Uh, Both the legs and the arms were enormous in length. Yep, exactly. You know, definitely not human. No, no. And what's really interesting, this other Bigfoot researcher, Cliff Barockman, you know, a lot of our listeners probably know him. Um, on his website, he went out there right after this happened. I guess he knew them, right? And uh, they told him about it. He went out there and he went to the same tree and where they were standing. And he estimated that it was at least eight and a half feet tall based on the image. And then he goes a lot further. It's pretty interesting. I mean, he's got paragraphs and paragraphs on his website, Cliff does, um, measuring like the angles of the arm swing, because it is like a really big arm swing and and gait that this creature has. And he makes the observation that it's very, well, he says it's far beyond that of a normal human gait, but it very closely resembles or even matches uh, the Patterson-Gimlin film. Yeah, that, and nobody walks around with what I call a dead arm swing. Yeah. That arm is fully extended at the elbow, and it just is like being thrown out behind it. You know what it reminds me of, Kev? 
when a yep. pro bowler gets into the swing yes. with the bowling ball. Yes, all the way back. Yeah. All the way back, and then yeah. whappo, it sends it down towards the pins. Yeah, I don't think know? I can move my arm back that far if I was walking, you know. Yeah, very unusual. Especially hustling. Like, this thing's hustling out of there. Yeah, very quick. I mean, this was very normal for it, but it would be abnormal for you or I. Exactly. Uh, and certainly somebody who was faking it, if they were, I, I don't think it's producible. I don't even know if they would have thought to do it that way. Yeah. It just uh, It's too legit to uh, poke holes in. Yeah. And that is, a, that is a monstrous thing that crossed that frame there. That is a big, big Very bugger. big, yeah. 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 And crystal just... clear. Again, it's in infrared, so, you know, it's not... Like a photograph, but it's not fuzzy or blurry. I mean, it's crystal clear, this thing. Yeah, no, and that's exactly what the FLIR does. It separates the heat from the, the coolness, you know, and uh, it's too perfect. Uh, it's it's too perfect to, to have been a guy in a suit or anything Yeah, and else, they talk you know? about it in, uh, you know, in their account, uh, the father and son, that they um, they were hearing things, and that's what got them to go out with the flare and look around because they were camping basically out there, and um, and they would hear some branches breaking, and they would hear like these little like hootings of some kind of creature, and they think that might have been the Bigfoot. Wow, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a good as good a guess as any. I mean, they're out there, and I'm not. No, it's the best uh, flare footage that I've seen. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, really, really interesting. And I I think uh, uh, Cliff Barrickman and the boys and uh, Bobo and uh, Renee and uh, uh, I'm sorry, I forget the other fellow's name right now. Uh, I think they did a show or a segment on finding Bigfoot about that footage. Oh, could be. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Uh, I love those guys, too. I wish they would do their show again, but I guess there's reasons for everything. Well, maybe it'll come back. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Well, really interesting, Kev. Those are three uh, heavy-hitting pieces of footage, even though I haven't seen the one. Uh, I'll take the bow on the one because uh, it sounds like you really looked it over and uh, sold it's pretty on cool. it. You know? I mean, again, it's a still shot, but it just looks pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, just, and, and here we are, you know, three for three. Uh, so far, and I know what the fourth one is, but let's spring it on the listeners. Yeah, so the fourth one, I was surprised that we hadn't covered it yet in Cryptids in the News, but it's one of the one of the very famous sightings, uh, and it's the Paul Freeman Bigfoot footage from 1994. Yeah, yeah, and Paul is, uh, you know, he was a former U.S. Forest Patrolman. So definitely an outdoorsman and knows what he's looking at, right? Mm -hmm. And he lived in southeastern Washington near the town of Walla Walla, which I've been to. Uh (laughs) Most fun name. Walla Walla. Um, Walla Walla. And he (laughs) talked about seeing a Bigfoot near Walla Walla. But then he filmed, uh, he created this film in 1994 of what looks like a couple of Bigfoot, and it's south of Walla Walla, just across the Washington-Oregon border, uh, down in uh, the Blue Mountains of Oregon. Mm-hmm. So very rural place. You know, I've been down there. There is nothing around there, like yeah. as rural and as it gets. Yeah, I had a little uh, 
you know, this is a tough piece of footage to watch because his speech is a little off. Just trying to understand what he's trying to articulate. Yeah, and it's 1994, so it's not like the same kind of camera we saw up near uh, Whistler in right. the first one I talked about. This is fuzzy, blurry. It might even be film, you know, like a film camera, Super 8 or something like that. Right, um, it right. is in color. I wouldn't say it's vivid. It is filmed in the daylight. Um, but it's interesting. He's there like walking along and he, he turns on the camera because he thinks he hears something. So he thinks something is there. And he says he hears the brush popping. And and then he says, oh, what the, you know, like he's seeing something. And yep. then he, he sees what and films certainly what looks like a Bigfoot walking uh, from right to left, right out in front of him. Uh um, you know, on his on his uh, old fashioned camera, so it's it's not great quality, but it's not bad quality either. No, um, you hear you hear him say, "Oh, there it is." Yeah, and like you see it, and it walks across. You know, it's probably in film. I didn't measure it. Probably for like four or five seconds. Right. You know, so it's not a blur. You see it walk across. And to me, uh, that creature was a textbook, I, 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 I want to use the word duplicate. It looked like a duplicate of the Patty film creature's stride and head turn it from did. the other side. It did, yeah. So we see Patty turning her head over her right shoulder looking back at uh, yep. Patterson. Yep. In this picture, we see this creature walking away, like quartering away and turning the head over the left shoulder to look at uh, at this fellow. Yeah, and this creature's going from right to left, right? Where Patty's right. going from left to right. So it makes Correct. perfect sense. Yeah. Yep. And that but, look, it, but again, it, daytime, yeah. And, and he is excited, right? Paul Freeman is excited yeah. while he's filming this. Uh, it doesn't feel like a hoax. You know, it feels legit just the way he's talking during it and breathing. And then he walks up further towards where this thing disappeared, so you got to give him a lot of credit there. You know, and he's pretty close by, right? The Like the second one he sees, there's not a lot of trees between it and him by yeah. any stroke, you know? Yeah, and uh, nothing about the appearance of that creature uh, looked like a costume to me. No. You know, the head right into the neck, right into the shoulders, the movement look seamless and uniform as though everything was connected together by flesh and muscle. Agree. Yeah, you know, just and that's how you have to look at these things. Does it yeah. look set up? Yep. You know, it, it just it did not look that way to me at all. No, super cool. Now, uh again, he films this in 94 and just talking about what he might have been using to film it. You think about it. What if he had a camera from the early 80s that was 10 or 12 years old? Sure. I'm not throwing something out that's 10 years old as far as technology goes. It takes a lot longer than that for it to be useless. No, especially if you're a forest patrolman, too. You know, he's not he's not getting rich as a forest patrolman. Yeah, I mean, you're not, I, didn't even, I wasn't even going there, right? But you're right, Kev. Why would the guy just throw out a camera that might have cost him 150 bucks? Yeah. Uh, it still shoots film and it still services what he's doing. That's still I use it. Yep. You know, I mean, uh, absolutely fantastic. Yep. Well, that was great, 
great, great footage. Uh, uh, What did you make of the second creature? Yeah, it wasn't as clear as the first one, but it was clear. You know, it wasn't like we were looking at a tree. Um, And it wasn't a bear. You know, it was definitely a Bigfoot. But it looked similar to me. Like he was talking about it like it was uh, another family member or whatever. But honestly, I couldn't tell that it was another creature. Right. You know. Um, but yeah, um, I was I wasn't sold on number two. Uh, that would if that was all we had, I'd be like, ah, eh, well, exactly, exactly. You know, I'm, I'm glad I saw it, but you know that kind of thing. You know, no, and you're following through the viewfinder of the camera that's moving all over the place, so it's hard to tell which way he's even looking, right? Like yeah. apparently he was looking like in the opposite direction or something, which made him say, "Oh man, there must be two of these." Yeah. Right. Yeah. And again, uh, to what end, you know, uh, is uh, Freeman uh, making this up, you know, a little notoriety, a little whatever. I I guess there are people out there who do. Well, we know there are people out there that do that. Yeah. But in this case, no, no, I don't. uh, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think that was uh, uh, why he was doing this or why he was involved in it in the first place, you know. Right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, folks, take a look at these uh, uh, these videos as Kevin posts them and get back to us. And I'll tell you what, let's make a little contest out of this, Kev. All right. All right. So we're going to I'm going to give out a signed book, uh, one of my collection. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to get back to Kevin and I via our uh, contact link on Bigfoot terrorinthewoods.com and I want you to tell me which one of the four is the most legitimate to you and why. How's that, Kev? Perfect. So there you go. So good luck to you and uh, uh, believe it or not, I'm going to judge who gave me the best answer and give a book to that person. All right. So just do your best and uh, remember you got to be in it to win it. (laughs) cool so what do you got today bill uh something really uh strange here i mean look all of these accounts are strange to me i've said that before strange is seeing a nine foot tall hair covered monster walking across i-95 at midnight uh but this is really uh odd and let me just jump right into it so this following strange encounter was brought to my attention by a fellow named alain Doltry, who at the time was a consultant for a large uh, refining consortium. And this is what Elaine both saw and experienced while in Alaska. In the summer months of 1987, I was working on assignment in the regions of Anchorage and Seward. Anytime I'm on assignment for a lengthy period of time, friendships are made and adventures are embarked on with many of the locals being more than anxious, no matter where I find myself, to show me all there is to see on the cool side of things where they live and work. Whether it's hiking, hunting, skiing, surfing, or whatever else you can imagine, people are eager to show you around as their guest. Well, one of the fellas I had met was working as an engineer in Seward, and he had a family in Homer of which one was a ranger or a parks person of some sort, exactly what slips me in the moment. 
He had invited me, while the weather was nice, to take a ferry ride with him and his brother south to Kodiak, with the plan being some exploration of the Chugash National Forest on Afognak Island. It all sounded really cool and manly, so with a five-day break planned, we left for the island. We had actually hired a guide service for the trip, and when we arrived and met him, as great as I thought this would be, the immediate and upfront warnings were laid on the table, so to speak, that there was danger in those woods, and we needed to be armed and cautious. I will tell you straight away that I was already thinking of chickening out, but was well beyond my ability to do so. Had I known sooner, I would have come up with some lame excuse that a pop-up project just came up from headquarters and I couldn't go any longer. But now it was too late for that, and so off we went. I won't give you all the details or we'll be, taking, uh, we'll be talking for hours. Suffice to say, eventually we were deep into the woods, and as beautiful as it was, God was it creepy. The first time I experienced the static electricity, we were hiking through a mossy depression in the trees, and it was as if a switch had been thrown with all of us experiencing a kind of charge going through our bodies as our hair stood up at the same time. My friend Wally, who wasn't wearing a hat at the time, his hair had actually stood up like a vacuum cleaner, was drawing on it from above his head as the four of us were left wondering just what exactly was going on. This charge lasted momentarily in one way, leaving the group talking about what exactly had just happened, with none of us coming to any particular rational conclusion about the event. And so we pressed forward. Later on that same day, we began to hear a hum, similar to a large transformer the sound of which began quietly to surround us, with the bulk of the sound seeming to be coming from just ahead of us, somewhere in the forest. Again, we found ourselves stopping, and Wally's brother was the first to say, what the heck is going on in here? The transformer sound had really gotten our attention, and inasmuch as we couldn't just walk off, uh, walk out of where we were, we began to move forward, heading towards the sound. I was already visualizing walking up on some UFO and being zapped into oblivion, never to be seen or heard of again. But the other guys, either being stupid or having balls made of steel, decided to move forward. Having now walked about 100 yards forward of where we first heard the sound of a transformer, I was walking in the second man position with Wally behind me and the guide in front of me as a cloud became visible ahead of us through the trees. I'm not talking about a cloud of water vapor like one sees in the sky, but rather a misty kind with luminous strands which were contained within a very small area in the shape of a 20-foot round ball. There were visible sparks shooting back and forth within the sphere. It was the craziest damn thing that I had ever seen. And all of this while this loud, transformer-like hum persisted in the area. Before any of us could say anything, literally as soon as we had laid eyes upon it, something began to materialize within the ball of sparks, and it was huge. 
excuse me, it started out almost a ghost-like figure, the outline of which was taking the shape of a large human-like monster, which was perfectly still. In a matter of seconds, the vague outline became solidified, as we could now see a huge Sasquatch creature standing silently within the ball of sparks. Excuse me a second, folks. <coughs> Throat is getting dry. And where was I? Oh, yeah. I cannot adequately describe to you what happened next. For at the time, it seemed like we had all been possessed by some unseen force or power with nobody moving or saying anything. When Wally shouted, let's get out of here while we can. In a flash, we all began to run as fast as we could for what seemed like miles before we had stopped. We were kneeling down and panting, trying our best to catch our breath, and as I looked at Wally, he was trembling like a man experiencing hypothermia. It was a violent tremor, and I understood why. I was so frightened that I had unwittingly peed in my pants and didn't even know it at the time it occurred. Where this thing had come from, I have no idea. But it had formed out of seemingly nothing into a physical being right before our eyes. In my mind, I was neither here nor there in regards to the existence of Bigfoot up until this point in time. I guess I was more of that ilk that I will believe it when I see it. And in the same light, I am still not sure where I stand and exactly what we saw that day. We didn't stay around long enough to see if what we saw would actually come to life and move, because it hadn't. Is it possible for several grown men to experiencing the same sort of grand illusion at the same time? I can't answer that. What do you think of that, Kev? Boy, that's a weird one, Bill. Really freaking weird. Like, I'm trying to imagine it. It's like a... Like a glowing ball of uh, some kind of like wires or something like that that's humming like a transformer and then a Bigfoot appears? The best I can visualize it in my mind is they first they feel this static electricity. Right, which is weird, right? Like without a storm being around or something. Right, and he sees his friend who's not wearing a hat. His hair stands up as though he's beneath a vacuum inhaling his hair straight up like an old uh, cartoon or something. Yeah. Then <clears throat> they continue to follow this transformer sound, humming a buzzing. And they come upon what he describes as this like circular cloud with like jolts or, 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 or little bolts of like electricity, static electricity zipping around inside of it. And then he says he sees this ghost-like figure starting to form in mm. this 20-foot ball of humming Yeah, so it's mayhem. like a science fiction thing, right? Like you'd see on uh, Star Trek or something. Yeah, just like, you know, you know, stuff shooting around, sparks. Flashes of light, you know, I'm, I'm visualizing this like, what the heck? I wonder why he peed in his pants. <laughs> well, you know, and he said he didn't even realize it yeah, at the yeah. time. But, uh, I mean, that 
That freaked me out, man. I wouldn't be hanging around too long. So what do you think when you hear that? Flesh and blood or other? Oh, definitely other. Yeah. Yeah, definitely other. There's definitely some strange goings on here. Yeah. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And you, if you look at some of the regions where these things are happening, uh, there is an interaction there, like Alaska. The Alaskan Triangle is like uh, one of the foremost, if not the foremost place in the world for missing people, uh, UFO sightings, all kinds of weird freaking monsters, uh, Bigfoot, giants, huge wolves. And there's a lot of weird stuff purported to be going on mm. over there. Yeah, I've been where they were initially talking about with uh, Seward and uh, Homer. You know, the road to Homer goes goes out that way and ends in uh, Homer, of course. But I haven't been over to Kodiak, um, where it sounds like this took place. Yeah, the Afognak Island. Yeah. Must be some little uh, piece of real estate. Oh, there's there a on bunch the of them. Yeah, bunch of them. So uh, I don't know, man. It's just mm. weird, and I just figured I'd throw it out there. Super weird, definitely creepy. Yeah, and we're into weird and creepy. We are. So are the listeners too. <laughs> 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 Who doesn't like enough a nice creep? As long as he's not your neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> they used to say that all the time, Kev. Right. He's a creep. <laughs> that guy gives me the creeps. <laughs> All right, awesome. so that is the wrap, my friend. What yeah, do we, we got? got for we listener? got some great listener mail. This this first. Uh, letter could be my favorite of all time, which you'll understand why after I read it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he writes, Kevin, great show. <laughs> the stories are so much fun to listen to. You bring joy to a typical, methodical, boring night at work. I especially <laughs> enjoy the scarier ones. Until uh -huh. I remember one while I'm hiking alone in the woods near my home here in Ohio. I have not uh -huh. seen one, but I have found a footprint and heard a tree knock and a rock clack. The, uh -huh. the banter you have with your co-host, W.J. Sheehan, he seems <laughs> like an okay guy. Keep up the good work. And then he writes, ha ha, I hope I made you guys laugh. Just throwing out some props to Kev. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. I love that stuff. But he says, uh, I also enjoy the books. They are great to read before bed to get the squatches dancing in my head. <laughs> <laughs> and then he writes, but again, not before hikes by myself in the woods. Yeah. A anyway, love the show. Thank you guys for making the love of squatches fun, John. And thank you, John. Like, Thanks for, you know, not only did you mention me, you kind of led with me. So cool. <laughs> I love it. And, John, you definitely made me laugh. <laughs> so that's, good, that's good stuff. And, you know, in the midst of all of that, he's heard a knock. He's heard a rock clack. Yeah, seen a footprint, too. And seen a footprint. So, you know, uh, there you go. You know, I mean, these people are out there and uh, there's things going on around people's homes and in their neighborhoods that we have no knowledge of. Yep. So it's interesting, you know, uh, that he's listening and we're glad to have him on board, you know. Yep. That's John in Ohio. Thank you, John. And the next note comes in from Rob in Tennessee. 
And he's okay. talking about episode 47, he tells us. He says, hey, fellas, great show. You sent the email if we can help. He said, I live in Knoxville, Tennessee, and I'm very familiar with the state and the regions. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth, Tennessee, is in the northeast corner of Tennessee near Johnson City and Kingsport. Remember, I wasn't sure of that. And I asked, asked anybody to point it out. Yeah. Yeah. And then he said McNeary County is in western Tennessee near Memphis, as you mentioned. He said McNeary borders Mississippi. The north part of Mississippi has had many sightings, especially near the Natchez Trace, which passes straight through McNeary County, Tennessee. And he Mm. says, my father grew up in the north region of Mississippi, the Delta, and said these creatures were referred to as boogers, but also called them haints. He said, just like the word ain't, only with an H. I haven't heard a haint before, Bill. Haint. Yeah. I haven't either. Gotta look that one up. This is the general region that Bear and Kunbo are from. He said these creatures commonly would yell and scream at hunters to get them out of the territory or they would steal pets and or farm animals. My Mm -hmm. dad mentioned remembering being paced in the woods while hunting as a youth. Great show. Keep it up. Wow. You're really cool. And by the way, before I say anything else, uh, you know, Bear and Kunbo are... Uh, frankly, I don't know them. You know, I've heard their name mentioned in the world of Bigfoot. Yep. Uh, but if you guys are out there and you're listening to our podcast, would you get in touch with me? I'd love to have a conversation with either one of you or both of you uh, and ongoing about what you're seeing and what's going on. So uh, if you wouldn't mind, I sure as heck wouldn't mind. So contact me on our uh, website, uh, BigfootTerrorInTheWoods.com. Cool. Uh, what do you think of that? Uh, uh, you know, Kev. Again, here we are with our listeners. This guy's giving you a blow by blow of the area. He's there. He's living there. Yeah. So I mean, this is what I mean about the interaction uh, in the podcast with the listeners. Yeah. We're constantly getting feedback and more information and more stories from people just like you. Who are listening to people just like me and my brother. Yeah. So uh, keep it up. It's really uh, cool, and it's nice to have the interaction. Yep. Cool. Awesome. All awesome. right, and our last letter comes in from Garrett in Des Moines, Iowa. Okay. And he writes, great podcast, fellas. I just can't wrap my mind around the purported hiding of the bodies from public eye. All of the years, and I haven't even seen a photo of any private person having bagged one. What's your opinion? Mm. What do you think of that, Kev? Well, Bill, I haven't told you what I'm going to be talking about in one of the future episodes, but you may see a photo of someone that bagged one. Okay. All right. So we'll leave it at that. I found one back in the archives. Still got to do right. some more research, but it's pretty interesting. Okay. And just from my standpoint, Garrett, uh, I think that many of them have been seen uh, and uh, uh, taken into custody or disposed of, whatever you want to say. Uh, but as far as photographs, personally, uh, I haven't seen much. 
so I can't answer that question. I really can't answer it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, I'm I'm wondering some of the same things myself. Sure. You know, Kev? Absolutely. So uh, we're all in this boat together, and we are moving forward. Cool. Awesome. All right, Bill. Great show. Uh, to our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. There's more and more of you tuning in every week, which is fantastic. And please, while you're listening, open up your favorite podcast player. Maybe it's the one you're listening on now and give us five stars. It's really important to give us five stars as it brings more listeners to the podcast. And that allows us to continue to improve the quality of the podcast. So thank you very much and be safe out there. Awesome, Kev. Great job with those uh, accounts that you dug up and strung together for us. And by the way, people, once again, may I warn you, if you're not safely housed during this period of COVID, walking around in the woods with no mask on, may I warn you once again, always carry more gun than you think you're going to need. Sleep tight. <laughs>